This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The NFL is here and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. It's three days removed from a nasty day out at Old Trafford, and the Blues are probably somewhere in East Manchester still licking their wounds. We're here today to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. Our city still in the title race, and what will be a successful season from this point on? We'll answer those questions and more. It's Tuesday, January 17th. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Andrew Detmer. And I'm Joe Ritchie. And this is the City Report Podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Welcome chaps, glad to have you both back on the show together um, with some big news as well. Some sad news and some happy news all wrapped into one. Um, Andrew. I'll give the floor over to you just briefly here to you can tell us about this transition. Yeah, so if you are a City Report pod listener only, which totally fine, uh, except for the fact that if you explicitly listen to the City Report pod to avoid Joe, John, and I, uh, I have bad news for you <laughs> because we have uh, kind of closed or winded down operations over at Main Road Ramble, um, and we're going to be uh, kind of working with uh, Amos and Adam and the rest of the city report pod crew kind of on a full-time basis. Uh, we had a great run. Um, you know, Joe and John are two of my closest friends now, but, uh, the, the time management of trying to run a pod by ourselves, just the three of us wasn't there. And so, uh, 
we already had such a good relationship with these two and we, we see a lot of overlap and growth potential to uh, work together. And so that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I feel like we should be playing like some Sarah McLaughlin over this, like sad pu- look with with a commercial of sad puppies in a cage that need adopting. That's how I, I feel was gonna about say, the main like, road I was ramble waiting getting for, shut like, down. I was waiting for like James Blunt or something to start like quietly playing in the background. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we want people to actually listen to this, so I don't recommend Sarah McLaughlin because <laughs> I don't know about you two, but that commercial comes on. I don't care what I'm watching. I'm hitting the back button and going to whatever former yeah. channel it was. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's a trauma I'm always trying to avoid. Well, <laughs> I, I, I can speak for Amos and and say that we're really happy to have you guys on board. And, and like Andrew mentioned, um, obviously, we've all been friends before this show. And um, now we can all speak together on, on this show more often, even though we speak basically five days a week. 40 hours a week on in a group chat. Um, now we can have more logical discussions instead of just spamming WhatsApp. Um, yeah. Anything else to add on the little, little transition, Joe? No, I mean, I, like Andrew said, I mean, just to echo, and I know John's not here, but to speak for John as well. I mean, I think it just felt like the right move. We, you know, recognize that you guys are a daily show, which also requires a good amount of manpower. And I think, you know, we're here to help add to that and, um, you know, if there's anything that we can bring over that we found was successful at Main Road Ramble, certainly happy to do that as well. So um, looking forward to it. I've loved the daily show approach as well. And um, I think that that's going to continue to be a success and kind of just stand out amongst other podcasts um, as something different. So certainly happy to be a part of that and glad you guys will have us. Well, we've made no secret that we're here to take over. We're here to become the the Rockefeller family of Manchester City podcasts. <laughs> um, anyways, speaking of Manchester City Football Club, let's get started on the football. Uh, we asked the question in the intro, are City still in the title race this season? Um, as it stands right now, City are eight points behind after the loss at Old Trafford this weekend. I'll start with you, Andrew. I, I think before you answer that question of our City in the title race, I think there's a couple of main big picture points that need to be brought up here because I, I one thing for me that has kind of stuck out amongst all of the talk of city being in, in such a sticky period right now I think it's greatly understated how much of a transition season this is for city and you know three greatly influential players whether some city fans would like to admit it or not in Jesus Sterling and Zinchenko influential on and off the field leave the club and the players come in that to replace them have not quite got their feet under them at the club yet. And yes, I include Holland in that. Despite scoring 27 goals and and having these amazing moments and consecutive hat tricks and so on and so forth, I don't think he's fully settled into the team yet. You know, he's a phenomenally talented player that shows flashes of of generational ability. Um but there's still a transitioning period and and part of that transition period is in Pep Guardiola's head. It's clear that um, you know, his mission is right now is to achieve the greatest level of control possible on a game by game basis. And, and as a result, things have gone a little bit stale with all that being said, I mean, do you, do you think there is a sticky way out of the or a sticky way out? Oh God, I don't even know what a sticky way out is. I don't <laughs> want to know what a sticky way out is. Do I you think, think uh, Jack Grealish <laughs> and Kyle Walker can uh, give you lots of uh, <laughs> advice on sticky ways out of things. Uh, God. I'm so happy that we're not going to edit that part out. Um, is there a way out of this sticky patch at the moment, Andrew? 
Yeah, I think there absolutely is a way out. Um, it's interesting you talk about City being a transitional moment. I would say the league is in a bit of a transition um, because the last four to five years have basically been defined by uh, this City-Liverpool rivalry and going toe-to-toe and just seeing levels of achievement that we haven't really seen in the league previously in terms of point totals and goal totals and everyone kind of falling away. But if you look at the the league this season, you've got Arsenal are kind of maybe ahead of schedule. Uh, Newcastle, definitely ahead of schedule. United under Ten Hag, finally looking like a team uh, that can compete at the top rather than just compete for top four. Um, Spurs in a weird spot. Liverpool, a weird spot. Chelsea, there's all these storylines that teams that I think everyone's trying to figure out what's going on, and I don't think it's just City. So, yes, City are in a transition, but the rest of us, the rest of the league are as well. Um, and Pep Guardiola still remains the best manager. City have a very deep squad full of talented players. So can he find his way out of this? Absolutely. But we also shouldn't be surprised if because of these changes and these other teams that are in a different position than they were one or two seasons ago, that City fall just short. And I don't know that that's necessarily a failed season, but it's just a state of how things are. Yeah, I think that's that's totally fair. And like you said, there are a few teams ahead of schedule, which I think you know doesn't help the fact that City are in in this transition. Joe, looking at the bigger picture with the transition going on, is is the way forward to persist in kind of trying to play out of this sticky patch? Which I think Guardiola is is still experimenting. Kind of, I wouldn't even say on a weekly basis or a game by game basis. It almost feels like a half by half basis in which he's experimenting. Um, is the way forward to try and fit the new guys into a system that we already know works? Or is it the coaching staff putting all their heads together and saying, okay, let's try and rejig things to get the best out of these new players? Because it has to be said that, yes, the, the numbers in the squad are the same. Three players left, three players came in. But they're totally different players. You know, Julian Alvarez and, and Erling Holland are wildly different players from Gabriel Jesus right. and Raheem Sterling. And so it, it can't just be a like for like change. So it is, is the way out of this to persist and try and make them fit? Or is it to, to try and mold things around these players? Cause we know they're talented players. Right. I mean, I, it definitely feels like city are treading water a little bit at the moment. Um, just trying to stay afloat. And like Andrew alluded to, I mean, the league is in a transitional state of, Teams that haven't been as dominant for a while are, are starting to, you know, make a serious title charge. I think for City, um, you know, the good thing is, well, there has been some adjustment period. We're really only talking about two players, more specifically one that needs to bet in, and that's Holland, right? Alvarez, I think, is a player that can kind of plug and play and probably won't feature most of the season as a starter. Calvin Phillips, as much as I'd like to see him get more involved, this is definitely going to be a year that, He'll probably just be taking a lot in off the pitch um, rather than on the pitch. So I think for City, it's more about, yes, Holland and changing a system to having a natural striker is a huge adapt adaptation period. But also, the World Cup is not something that can be ignored. It's, it's to have new players in a new system and be interrupted by sending 16 players off to Qatar is is always going to have some bumps in the road. So I feel like it's you know a culmination of all those things. So to answer your question... I think it's about kind of just somewhat getting back to what we know, which I think we saw a little bit at the weekend with United in the sense that we went back to our usual formation players and roles that they typically flourish in and just working their way out of form because the the, 
the squad and the formations have been tweaked so much that it almost put players out of form. And now they need to collectively work their way back into form. And I think City have the luxury of you really only need two, maybe three players to be on form because of how talented they are. If, if Kev's hitting and, and getting balls to Holland, I mean, that could in theory win a match in itself, right? And then if Diaz comes back or Stones co- comes back healthy, that kind of shores up the defense. So it's just about getting back to what City are familiar with and then making small tweaks along the way rather than wholesale changes. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the base layer of all of this is, yes, it's a transitional season, but also the players that we in the past have been able to rely on are out of form. Kevin De Bruyne, Diaz hasn't been fit. Um, you know, Phil Foden isn't isn't in the best of form. So these players that you would think would be be able to elevate the team in the in these transition moments aren't at the moment. And that's why we're getting such kind of stale football. Andrew, zooming in a little bit, um, is there a route for City back into this title race? And look, there's 20 games left. And I think any other City season under Pep Guardiola with only an eight-point deficit and 60 points yet to be played for, I'm not even having this discussion because I think it's it's so painfully obvious that there is a route back in and we've seen them overcome this deficit and a bigger deficit. But with the the performances we're getting – it feels like the mountain that they have to climb is three times as big as any mountain we've seen in the past when overcoming some of the Liverpool sides and, and the United sides because those city teams had rough patches, but their good days were really, really good, whereas it feels like the good days now are, are scraping by, and that's the best, best we're getting. So is there a route back into the title race? There absolutely is a route back in the title race. As you said, 20 matches to play, 60 points on the table. Six of those points are in matches against Arsenal. We haven't played them yet. You win both of those, regardless of what else happens, six points of that gap are gone immediately. City have also hit heights. You know, your point, Adam, like maybe we haven't been at the quite the level we have over the past couple seasons, but don't forget some of the moments we had early in the season where City looked like they could just absolutely put six, seven, eight goals past teams, right? That... City is still there. I think Walker getting injured uh, in the last Manchester Derby before yeah. the one at the weekend. I think that started some of this. And hopefully now that kind of everyone's back healthy, we're working towards it. We still don't have uh, Ruben Diaz back. Maybe he can be some of the secret to letting Pep take a little bit of the chokehold off the team. Like there's so much left to play here. And again, Arsenal don't have the deepest squad. Say a party goes down or say a Martinelli goes down or an Odegaard. What else do they have to keep playing the way they're going? So there's a lot left to play for. We're much further into the season or the calendar compared to the seasons we typically would be. And I think that's affecting people's mood and feeling around this because typically if we were kind of in this position in January, there's five, six, seven more matches kind of already played that aren't played this time. And so I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out um, with a packed fixture schedule. And I think also what I would add to that, and it's funny because on our kind of farewell episode yesterday for Main Road Ramble, we talked about the Derby a little bit. And I was a little bit more on the pessimistic side as far as City's title chances go. But speaking big picture and, and the fact that based on City under Pep, I have no right to doubt them. Arsenal are still an unproven side. They are no, without a doubt the best team in the league this season. You can't dispute that. But they have United at the weekend who are in great form. 
They have uh, City in the Cup after that. Obviously, that doesn't affect the league. But, you know, you could see a scenario where if they drop points against United, <clears throat> go out in the Cup to City, it's still a very young side. You don't know how those players are going to respond to that. Yes, they've added, you know, proven winners in Zinchenko and Jesus, but those are still young and, in Jesus's case, unavailable players. So I, I think at the end of the day, if there's a side in the league that has the most, you know, title winning caliber players it's city and for that reason and it's in and of itself you can't really count them out in my opinion yeah i think that's a really good point i think there is a granular look at this and you think of city's title runs and and looking back at you know from basically 2017 to 2019 the moments that city had to overcome to win those titles you think of Vinny's goal against leicester you think of burnley away when they had, you know, we win that game 1-0 with the ball getting like inches over the line. And and I think the test for Arsenal is, are they going to have moments like that in them? Because it's not going to be smooth sailing for the rest of the season like it has been for them up to this point. And they have overcome adversity in, in small moments so far, but it's, you know, and I, I can't remember what games they've already played this season, but it's a, you know, it's an April trip to to Anfield. It's, it's a May trip to the Etihad. And these little moments that, you don't realize how much more pressure there is in the back end of a season in a title charge than mm-hmm. than than in you know November or December if you've never done right. that before. And like you said, it's a young team; they've never done it before. Jesus has done it, Zinchenko has done it, um, but as a as a collective, they've never done it before. And they do and still have all- trips to. Sorry, I was just going to say real quick: they do still have trips to Anfield. Yeah, he had they go to Newcastle, so there's still some some tricky away fixtures there. But go, go ahead, Andrew. And I think it's not even just the the trips we talked about, or that Adam just mentioned of you know going to the Etihad, going to Anfield. I mentioned this season, like we're seeing teams in transition. We're also seeing teams that you would brush aside maybe over the past couple seasons. Like Brighton look absolutely unplayable right now. Brentford look incredible. You know, Villa and Palace have had their moments this season. Forest and Leeds have taken like there are so many teams in this league right now that you cannot predict what could happen. And I think particularly as the season goes on, if Arsenal are kind of this front runner, but not by a ton and teams are like, we are, you know, we're going to make a point to the rest of the league by taking out Arsenal. Like if you're a mid table team fighting for Europa or you're a team that's near the relegation, you're going to view that as like, this is a chance to like make our stamp and take, you know, advantage of those nerves. So I think there's just so much left to play for that it's going to be really interesting to see where everything shakes out. All right, that'll do for part one. In part two, we'll be back to speak about what a successful season looks like for City. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. I'm joined by Joe and Andrew. Joe, answer this question. What is a successful season for City this year? Is it a domestic cup run? Is it chasing down Arsenal, getting back into the title challenge? Is it is it uh, finally winning the Champions League? Obviously, that's a success. I, I can answer that question for you. But hmm. what is a realistic, successful successful season for City right now, given the, all that we've talked about in the last 20 minutes, the, the transition, the pep right. trying to figure out how to play with some of these new players? Yeah, so it's funny because this doesn't typically uh, apply to the city reign under Pep, but for me, it's not as much silverware driven, although clearly that's at the forefront. For me, it's about how can City best position themselves for success next season? And what I mean by that is 
We've seen, especially in the last probably month and a half of, of City playing football, Jack Grealish come along. We've seen Rico Lewis emerge as a serious, serious prospect at right back. Um, we've seen Calvin Phillips come back into the side. Can he kick on? Can he possibly partner Rodri? Um, we obviously know the capabilities of Alvarez. So it feels like there's still a lot of, um, not question marks, but just unknowns of certain City players that I think could really kick on and play a serious role on this side that could dictate what City do this summer. And while that's possibly looking ahead a little bit too far, you know, we still, we know we have another two years of Pep. We know that the Carabao Cup is, is, is over, right? The league, like we talked about, still possibly in reach, but I think being realistic, it's probably not in City's hands at this point. Um, I think if they can win the FA Cup, that shouldn't be just brushed aside. They've only done it once under Pep. Um, they've already gone through some really difficult teams to get where they are, and now they have Arsenal next week. So I think if you can win the, the FA Cup, um, like I said, those those players that I mentioned continue to progress and really cement roles. That's the biggest thing for me is understanding where, you know, does Phil Foden start to play in central midfield midfield more setting up for next season, you know, just kind of pushing away those uncertainties around player positions. And then the Champions League, I, I'm one who, yes, I'd love to see City win the Champions League. Of course we all would, but I, I've never understood why they're the favorite every season. I, I just <laughs> haven't, they haven't gone on to prove why they deserve that. Um, betting favorites. So I, I think they could, I think they could, I think Pep's also trying to put them in a position to get ready for a competition like that. I think he's been working towards that for the past couple of years. But if you ask me realistically, I, I'd probably say they're not one of the top two or three favorites. So FA cup for me. And if, if they can go on to make a good run in the champions league, that that's good enough for me this season. I think that, that performance in the derby this past weekend is exactly what pep would want from a champions league performance to be honest mm-hmm. minus the horrendous refereeing decision that that swings things and and we do know that moments of chaos like that come in the champions league but hopefully not one that's that you know that much of a of a blunder but you know controlling the game and having a 1-0 lead going late into the game that's probably exactly what pep is setting up for in the champions league Andrew, same for you, or, or are you expecting more silverware? I mean, I think we should at least be in contention for all three remaining trophies and competitions that we're in. I, I don't want to see City, you know, 12, 15 points back of Arsenal at the end, end of the season. I don't want to see us dropping out of the FA Cup in the, you know, the next round. I don't want to see us going out in the, the quarters of the Champions League. I, I want to see a City side that, fights till the end um and even if like do i want a trophy to call this a successful season sure but if they go down in a blaze of glory across the three remaining competitions and come up dry like i'm okay with that what i'm not okay with is a city side that just really doesn't try to win um the competitions in front of it and by that i mean pep gets so obsessed with not giving up goals that we just see matches like the liverpool match and frankly a little bit like the united match at the weekend where it was just like, did we, did we really try to win that to the extent that we could have, or were we just hoping for that one moment of brilliance to get us a goal and that we don't give them another chance? And for me, it's if we try to win games and we try to be the Manchester city of the past few seasons, I'm okay with whatever there is the trophies are because I don't watch this team for the trophy lift. I watch it for the whole season and I would much rather have a season of enjoyable matches and no trophies than like being a Chelsea fan where like you eke out one trophy because you win 
a bunch of one nils that you do nothing in for 75% of the, the time. Yeah, I'm going to take the proper football man approach and say I don't care if you if you play every game in a 6-4 and one win <laughs> one nil, it's still it's still a win for me. But here's my thing with the with what Joe said about taking momentum into next season. The fear for me is that I think next season's going to be just as tr- as much of a transition season, especially in the most important part of the city team, which is in midfield. And mm-hmm. the fear is we get Alvarez rolling, we get Holland rolling, we get Grealish rolling, we get Foden rolling, and then Bernardo Silva leaves, and Ilkay Gundogan maybe leaves, and Kyle Walker is declining. Maybe maybe he leaves, and Enrico Lewis starts to get you know bedded into the team a little bit more. I think there's there's going to have to be some sort of solution that you're going to have to be able to get success while transitioning because if you look at the age of some of the players in the squad and the fact that we're probably coming to another cycle right now where like last season, we had a lot of players who are really, really good footballers, Raheem Sterling, Zinchenko and Jesus that needed a fresh start because they weren't get, getting the playing time. I'm looking at Laporte players like that, that maybe feel like they need a move for, for greener pastures. And I don't know that we'll see a perfectly settled side the way that we saw between kind of 2017 and 2020 for probably two or three years. And I think that's my fear kind of maybe moving into another season. I, 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 I'm fully on board with get as much momentum as you can get going, but I don't think we're going to see that settled side for a while. And that's my fear. I, I guess what I would counter that with Adam is, while I, I totally understand where you're coming from and I do have some of those hesitations, Pep so much in his, in his last, what, couple weeks of press conferences has stressed the importance of body language attitude and training and it feels like well I love every player that's in this squad I think we have a great group of characters I think there's a few players that just need to move on and I don't know how much a Bernardo Silva publicly wanting to leave has an impact on the squad I I actually don't really think it does but um, I think there's just this this feeling of every time Alvarez plays Pep glows about him same with Grealish these players that come on apply themselves, give it their all. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think, well, losing key players hurts. I think that there's enough leadership and experience that bringing in new players is not going to be detrimental and, it, if anything, might be necessary. All right. I think we'll wrap up there for the day on that note. Um, before we get out of here, if you are a new listener, please hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button smash the like button. All of these things help us get the show out to blues just like you that maybe don't know about the show. Um, Real quick, since you guys are new to the show, Andrew, where can, and this will all be down in the description of this episode, but where can our listeners find you on Twitter? You can find me at Andrew Detmer, no underscore, no space between those. And Detmer is D-E-T-T-M-E-R. Joe? You can find me at Views of a Blue. Perfect. Like I said, all that's down in the description as well as our Twitter, City Report, our TikTok, Instagram, everything. Blow us up on all of those platforms. We're super responsive. Um, With that being said, the Wednesday show, as you are probably listening to this on Tuesday, is a listener question special. So head over to our Twitter, at City Report Pod. There is a a tweet up on there that is pinned. You can respond to that tweet with your questions heading into that show and a couple of the... uh, the British boys will be answering that. How about this all American podcast, fellas? Huh? 
only only to then flip it on its head for the British folk. But yeah, it's all right. It's all good. Well, our listener base is almost perfectly divided between the U.S. and the U.K., so I think it's perfect to have a little bit more American blood on here. Uh, anyways, we'll wrap up there. Andrew and Joe, thank you for joining me, and we'll speak to you guys soon. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 